Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm what you might call very good at hide-and-seek. And since we got Xfinity, we have Wi-Fi all over the house, even in my super-secret hiding spots. So I can kill time in here by streaming my favorite... Ha! Found you. How? You left to find my tablet on. Get wall-to-wall Wi-Fi on the Xfinity 10G network. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Ditch the clowns on the left. And the jokers on the right. And join Michael Smirconish right here in the middle. This is the Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. Two recent headlines from stories that get very little traction. October 4, New York Times. This was a result of a 10-second Google on my part. October 4, New York Times headline, U.S. national debt tops $31 trillion for first time. Uh, Wall Street Journal, October 11, federal deficit fell by $1.4 trillion in fiscal year 2022, CBO estimates. The debt, the deficit... They just don't get the sort of conversation they used to. There was always a debate. It was like a staple of a presidential debate that they'd be asked about the level of spending. That doesn't happen anymore. Why not? Michael Peterson is the chair and chief executive officer of the Peter G. Peterson Foundation. Hey, Michael, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. So what's the deal between the Peterson family and concern over the debt? Because any time there's a story like this written, I always see reference to your organization. How did this become your issue? Who are you people? <laughs> well, again, thank you for having me. Uh, my father was Pete Peterson, and he was uh, uh, Secretary of Commerce and did a lot of work on fiscal and economic policy and wrote several books on our long-term fiscal challenges he looked at the baby boomers retiring and looked at the outlook for our fiscal future and felt that no one was paying attention to the outflows that were going to happen in the program and the lack of inflows to support it. And so he uh, established this foundation to focus squarely on this issue, and he passed away a few years ago, but now I am the president and CEO. And our mission is to raise awareness about our national debt because we think it's a significant threat to the future of the country. You'd have to say things have gotten worse since his passing on this issue in terms of the level of attention paid to it, right? I, I, yes, he's, he's, uh, he's not happy wherever he is. Uh, we certainly have a significantly increasing debt burden and very little attention being paid to it, although the current interest rate environment is causing a little more attention around it. Michael, dumb it down like BLT, bacon, lettuce, and tomato for my audience and me. What's the difference between debt and deficit? Okay, so the the deficit is the annual difference between the revenue we take in and the spending that we put out as a federal government. So we spend uh, roughly uh, uh, $5.8 trillion right now going into next year, and we're only expected to take in about $4.8 trillion. So this year the projected deficit will be about $1 trillion. 
the debt is the accumulation of years of that in the past. So our national debt is now, as you noted, $31 trillion. So that's the accumulation of many deficits over the last few decades. To whom do we owe that money? Whoever's holding a U.S. Treasury. So uh, most of that is held by, uh, by U.S. citizens and, and other institutions here in the U.S. About a third of it, interestingly, is held by foreign lenders. So people around the world are, are buying treasuries because they believe, at least for now, in the full faith and credit uh, of the United States. So th- these are basically treasury bonds issued around the world. Another of my naive questions. Can that debt be called by that one-third who are foreign-based? Well, it's it. The, each piece of debt has its own maturity date. So you can buy one- or two-year treasuries or even up to 30-year treasuries. So it matures on a given date for the, whatever bond you've purchased, and at that point we, we owe it back. And it happens all the time where we have to refinance new debt in order to pay off the old debt. When was uh, the last... The, the growth of it is what we're concerned about. When was the last time that either of these were zeroed out, meaning that with regard to the deficit, that we were spending that which we were taking in, and with regard to the debt, that it was zero? Well, the the debt hasn't gotten to actually zero in a long period of time, uh, but it was very low, and we had uh, budget surpluses, so that's the opposite of a deficit. We were taking in more than we were spending uh, at the very end of the Clinton administration. And a lot of work that he and, and the Republican leaders in Congress did during the time, as well as a growing economy, led to budget surpluses. So at that point in time, things were looking pretty good, but a lot's changed since then. Okay, that's the deficit. But have we ever been at a stable point in the eyes of the Peter G. Peterson Foundation with regard to the debt? <laughs> well, yeah, I would say at that point it was stable. Uh, you know, it's okay to have a small amount of debt. Right now our debt uh, is $31 trillion and measured as a share of the economy, it's, it's roughly 100% of the economy. So it's an entire year's economy is the level of our debt. The bigger problem, Michael, honestly, is the growth in the coming decades. So as I mentioned earlier, we have a baby boom generation. We've known about this generation for a long time. We've known they were going to retire, and they're retiring at a rate of 10000 per day right now. And unfortunately, all the money that they paid into Social Security and Medicare and other programs has been spent. And so, sure, as of today, we've got a big number, $31 trillion, but frankly, our foundation has been more focused on the next couple of decades when this demographic boom leads to much bigger imbalances in our system. So we're going to double the net over the next uh, few decades. It seems like it's just not tangible. It's just not like we all know if we ran our houses in the way that Michael Peterson has described, we'd be foreclosed upon long ago. And yet still... It's esoteric. It's it's somewhere out there, and I don't really have to worry about it today uh, the way I have to worry about the, the rising price at the pump or the Russian invasion of Ukraine or the crime that I'm seeing on, on my cable outlet, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Is, is that, do you think, what you're up against? Well, you're, you're absolutely right. It is, a, it is a difficult thing for people to comprehend. They don't get a bill every month for the, for the interest cost they're paying, but, but it's truly there. I mean, we spend a billion dollars a day on interest right now. And again, that check may not come from American households, but it's coming from, from the government. And by 2050, roughly 50% of tax revenue will go to interest. Okay, so we're looking Wait, at a say that. Say where, that again. Say that again. That's, that seems like a big number. Go ahead. Yeah, so in by by around 2050, okay, right. that will be accumulating and accumulating and compounding until that point. And around then, 
50% of federal revenues will go towards interest alone. So that doesn't pay for any national defense or any Social Security payments or any payments for education or infrastructure. That's just an interest on our past. And to us, that's un-American. I mean, America got to a strong position by investing in the future and by saving for the future and by doing smart things with a future orientation. And now we're just continually borrowing more and more every year and, and reducing our future. So it's in there. It affects, it affects us today, but it is hard for people to see sometimes, and our politicians are often running away from it. It used to be a Republican issue. I mean, this used to be something that always the, the fiscal conservatism was coming from the right. That no longer seems to be the case. When did that change? Well, in the first, uh, in the second George W. Bush administration, uh, uh, they instituted a variety of tax cuts, which lowered the revenue base, various spending in- increases, particularly in Medicare. They had wars that were unpaid for. So that started this trend. And Sadly, unfortunately, you're right, both sides have been guilty of ignoring fiscal responsibility, and and, uh, we're here trying to raise greater awareness so people can demand improvements. Right. In other words, the Republicans have also been big spenders. If you just go back to the last couple of Republican administrations, it's it's not that they can point at the Democrats and say, well, it's 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 those, you know, those guys who are the big spenders. Well, there's a lot of blame to go around both sides. We've we've all been neglecting this issue on both sides for many years. And if you look at various administrations over the decades, they all are guilty of certainly not dealing with the structural problems and also adding to the adding to the debt in various ways. Republicans typically favor tax cuts that are unpaid for. Right. Uh, Democrats typically uh, prefer new programs that they institute. So. Um, you know, we're a nonpartisan foundation because this is not a partisan issue to me. This is a math issue. It's a demographic problem. It's a problem all of us face, and it's going to take both sides to deal with it. Michael Peterson, he's the chair and chief executive officer of the Peter G. Peterson Foundation. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait, you look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. 
You mean you're me, but for less money? A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV, starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start, Start saving, saving today. today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. Listen to Michael live, weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and on the SXM app. Michael Peterson, he's the chair and chief executive officer of the Peter G. Peterson Foundation. What is the call to action? Why are you here? Well, the call to action, I mean, one of the good things about this problem is that it's entirely fixable. So we have a lot of problems around the world, from the Ukraine to climate issues to other things that were that are not within our control. The federal budget is entirely within our control. So there's a few hundred members of Congress and administration that could address this and fix this problem unilaterally. So that's the good news. The second piece of good news is that we know how to fix it. So there's many changes you could make to the revenue base to increase revenues or on the spending side or a combination of both. So the biggest driver of growth, as I said earlier, is our entitlement programs. There's various uh, gradual and I would say modest changes that could be done over time in a, in a compassionate and humane fashion that would fix this problem without negatively impacting people to a huge extent. And it's, just, it's very doable, but politically, politically it's tough. Yeah, Michael, nobody wants to be nobody wants to be the politician running in the midterm next Tuesday and, and talk about the need to rein in entitlements. You're not seeing much of that. You're absolutely right. But the interest costs are going up every day as as the Fed increases these rates. And, you know, right now we're going to spend uh, we project nine trillion in interest over the next 10 years. I mean, does anybody think that's a good scenario? And it's easy to run away from it. It's easy to ignore it. But, you know, that's why we're here out there trying to raise awareness about this. And at some point, citizens need to demand this of their representatives. They, they will respond to the American people. And there are big percentages that, that do want to deal with this. So in our polling, a lot of people are concerned about it. But there's a mismatch between the need to resolve this and, and what you're hearing about on the campaign trail, for sure. I have a, I have a mental block. I'm, in, I'm embarrassed now. But there was a commission on Obama's watch to United States Senator Alan Simpson. Simpson, what am I Bold. thinking of? Simpson Bowles. Simpson Bowles. Right. Like what, yeah. what the hell happened? We never even got a vote on Simpson Bowles. Well, they, they did a fantastic job. They pulled the parties together. On the commission, they got 12 out of 18 votes. Uh, members of both parties voted in favor, so that's a supermajority. Right. They needed two more to have it go to Congress. And, you know, it was not supported uh, by various people, so they couldn't get two more, and it never went uh, for a full vote. But that's the type of thing we need, Michael. We need a group of people to get together. We know what these solutions are. We need to all jump in this together and deal with it. And, and the sooner we do, the easier it is. The longer you wait, as with any debt problem, the more debt accumulates, the more interest accumulates, and the changes you have to make have to be more severe. You know, Social Security is running dry in 2034. Uh, you know, the sooner we deal with it, the, the easier it is to address these structural problems. Final question for Michael Peterson. Thanks for being so gracious with your time. So your father passed in 2018. He was a secretary of commerce under Richard Nixon. This was his issue, dogged advocacy of government fiscal prudence, as the New York Times obituary reads. Around the house, do you have recollection of growing up and, and you know, Peter G. Peterson was always the very fiscally prudent guy? Is, is this the way that it was in your home? <laughs> well, you know, the truth be told, yes. Uh, so my father's parents were immigrants from Greece. They came to right. Ellis Island 
with no education and no money and no English, and they worked hard and lived the American dream. He was raised in Kearney, Nebraska, and their family was all about saving for the future. And I think when he grew up and went on to great heights and did great things for the country, he decided he wanted to give back and preserve the American dream. And so what we're doing is, frankly, the opposite of the values that his parents uh, extolled. And, you know, we think that America will be much better served by preparing and planning for the future. You know, we've just seen in the last few years that surprises can happen. Pandemics can happen. Wars can happen. Climate issues are growing. Uh, The more we prepare now, the better off we'll be in the future. So this is really a moral question for our kids and grandkids. In his 30s, he was the head of Bell & Howe? He was. He was. That was a, a camera company uh, uh, out in Chicago. That was one of his early early career career positions. Yes. In his in his late fifties, he was a co-founder with Stephen Schwartzman of the Blackstone Group. That's correct. That's Pretty correct. impressive. He established the Blackstone Group, and that's uh, a lot of the capital that he earned there is what's gone into this foundation. From from those humble uh, uh, Greek roots, it's a pretty impressive story. It's a wonderful story, and there should be more of them. And to the extent we can solve this problem, we can have a much brighter future. But right now, we're doing the opposite of what was done in the post-war period. We're actually taking away from our future and paying for things today that we can certainly afford. You know, we're the richest country in the world. The idea that we're borrowing money every single year, trillion after trillion, makes no sense. And we're not investing. We're not putting it into education or bridges or Uh, other investments. It's all about consumption right now. And so this is why we're diminishing our future American dreamers uh, with this fiscally irresponsible behavior. Uh, But it's fixable and we can do it. So we just need Americans to rally around. Hey, I'm letting you go after this, but final observation. So I'm totally into the roots thing. And I've I've discovered that the the proper name, my name is not Smirkanish, it's Smirikanich. Every once in a while, I flirt with going back to it. In your case, Petropolis. Petropolis. Are you contemplating, Michael Peterson, going back to Petropolis? Well, you know, I've got a lot of things on my plate that wasn't on it, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. uh, Petropolis means son of Peter. And my grandfather, when he when he arrived and was trying to assimilate and, and uh, become a citizen here in this country, he and, and some of the family members changed it to a more uh, easier spelled name, uh, Peterson. So we're very proud of Petropolis and Peterson. I think I'm going to stick with Peterson right now. Could but, be the Petropolis uh, Foundation. I don't know. It's got a nice ring to it. Yeah, well, maybe we need to think, shake things <laughs> up a bit. I'm not sure. Michael, thank you so much for being so gracious with your time. Well, we appreciate, uh, appreciate you, Michael, as well. Thank you. That's Michael Peterson. He's the chair and chief executive officer of the Peter G. Peterson Foundation, ladies and gentlemen. They are concerned about the debt and deficit. And I thought that was a really good briefing, explaining the difference between the two. And nobody talks about it like nobody. T- and, and, you know, I know how this is when when the new debt numbers come out, when the new deficit numbers. Come, I know the reporters. What are they? Well, let's call the Peterson Foundation. They'll give us a quote and tell us how you used to be able to call the Republicans. Now they just call the Peter they're on speed dial because they're the only ones appropriately, I think, talking about this issue. Shame on me that I almost couldn't remember Simpson Bowles. Ah, this is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. 
Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. I'm what you might call very good at hide-and-seek. And since we got Xfinity, we have Wi-Fi all over the house, even in my super-secret hiding spots. So I can kill time in here by streaming my favorite... Ha! Found ya. How? You left to find my tablet on. Get wall-to-wall Wi-Fi on the Xfinity 10G network. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Tim. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. Geez, I, I was just now reading more of uh, the Peterson, Pete Peterson's obituary. Reason that you read obituaries, Holy that smokes. one, right? A lot to learn about life lot. in that. Founded a diner, multiple uh, marriages and a uh, lot of success. A lot of success. A yeah. um, lot of votes, by the way, at Smirconish.com on today's poll question. Is there a causal connection between the GOP rhetoric and the attack on Paul Pelosi? Over 15,000 votes already. So go add your voice to that, please. John, you're in Michigan. According to Alex screening my calls, you say Michael needs to talk about the economy, inflation and democracy more. I assume you like that interview, right? Yes, I did. Uh, thank you, Michael. Um, um, I, I wish you'd spend uh, less time, not zero time, uh, less time talking about the specific races and more time talking about the specific issues. Spend an entire segment, maybe more, on topics like the economy and inflation. Um, you, you mentioned them from time to time, but I don't recall a, a lengthy, something more than superficial discussion, which says that uh, inflation is entirely due to Biden. I mean, what there there are other causes. Let's have a discussion on what all the causes are. And as far as democracy is concerned, um, what does democracy even mean in the United States in 2022? Which party is the, the biggest threat? Uh, I, I I will take so I'll take. I'll take the criticism of not drilling down on what exactly has caused inflation, but not on democracy, because I feel like we've discussed. And thank you, John. I appreciate you listening. We've discussed so much uh, of what has gone wrong with this democracy. That that one I, I take umbrage with. Evan Knoxville, you most wanted to say what? 
Social Security wouldn't be broke had they not used it to balance the budget. I think it was under the Clinton administration. So to turn around and call it an entitlement, well, it's not an entitlement. It's what I've paid and my employer has paid. And as you being self-employed, you've paid the, you've paid the full brunt. So yeah. I don't right. understand where this whole issue comes from. They have to turn around and pay the price. They have to reduce their budget on the other side of the coin. But leave Social Security alone. It's got everything to do with the faith and credit of the United States. It's pretty arresting, really. Thank you, sir. Pretty arresting to hear that we're spending a billion dollars a day on interest. Think about all the good work we could do with that kind of money. Matt, Wisconsin, what did you most want to say? Yeah, um, yeah, thank you for taking my call. Um, It's interesting hearing some of the the other callers. I, I know there's the thing about the debt and the deficit. I always hear whenever there's a Democrat in office that, Spending is too high, and I look at the debt and I look at the deficit. Yet, if you look at Trump's uh, $2 trillion a year deficit, you look at how the deficit's gone down now, you look at the unemployment uh, level when Trump uh, left office was about 8%. Now it's about 3.5%. You look at inflation as a part of uh, all over the world is higher than it is here. You look at the GDP growth Give, give me the conclusion. Give me your conclusion. The conclusion is, for some reason, Republicans always get the credit for being good on the economy when they're lousy in the economy. They have the worst statistics. Republicans used to talk about these spending issues. But, I mean, and W, you could say, well, you know, the events of 9-11, what choice was there? Uh, are big spenders. Seth, quickly, if you don't mind, you most wanted to say what? That, that what the interview you had is a conservative think tank, and as he said, there are two ways that we could solve this problem. We could either cut spending or raise taxes. But he didn't say a word about raising taxes. He talked about cutting what he called entitlements. It's nonsense. If you want to solve this problem, how about tax? How about a death tax on people that die? Because when my mother died, which by the way, the last event she ever attended was the one in Simi Valley, which she loved your event. But besides that, wow. so if you want to ra- if you want to solve this problem, okay. My brothers and I inherited seven figures. None of us need it, okay? But she set up a trust. She did all the things I get it. to avoid taxation. And I that, totally and get it. already avoided taxation forever. This is nonsense. Tax Seth, people fairly, especially wealthy people. I think it's the answer. By the way, how, thank you, Seth. I'm sorry that she's gone, but how nice that the last live event she attended was, was mine. Um, it's a combination of both. It's tax. It is. It is cutting taxes and spending. Thank you, Seth. Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Michael Smirconish for Independent Minds. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. I'm what you might call very good at hide-and-seek. And since we got Xfinity, we have Wi-Fi all over the house, even in my super-secret hiding spots. So I can kill time in here by streaming my favorite... Ha! Found ya. How? 
You'll have to find my tablet on. Get wall-to-wall Wi-Fi on the Xfinity 10G network. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary.